Welcome, everybody, to the Boiler Alert Podcast. We are tan, rested, and ready after the bye week. With you, as always, I'm Andrew Lindman. Brian Bonaparte, and I prefer tall, tan, and handsome from Spongebob. Uh, that's see that's a generational difference i never i have not seen an entire episode of spongebob in my entire life you are just i uh sheltered in a generation gap i mean you know i had growing up the simpsons uh beavis and butthead was a little before me but then i've got you know early seasons of south park and family guy before they've been on for you know 40 years kind of in my opinion, jumped the shark a bit. Um, we had we had some pretty good cartoons. Not to mention, you know, the Sunday morning cartoons, Saturday morning cartoons like GI Joe, uh, He Man, things like that. You know, we had good cartoons. And I'm not saying SpongeBob's bad. Just never been something I've watched. It could be a great cartoon. It's just it it was beyond my time. See, that's so weird. Like I just completely skipped your generation's cartoons. I went from Scooby Doo. And Speed Racer to, you know, Spongebob and, well, Spongebob and the Disney Channel. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm skipping over, like, the Nickelodeon cartoons that I watched. It was, like, Doug, Rugrats, Hey Arnold, Ah, Real Monsters. Okay. You know. I've seen two of those. All of the Nicktoons. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Fair enough. Yeah. But either way. Either way, we had a we had an enjoyable week off. Um, you know, a lot of time to mentally prepare for the the home stretch of the football season, and we'll talk about how that is going to go in the second half as Purdue faces Nebraska this Saturday. But before we get Ooh. into that, wanted to do kind of a look around the Big Ten from this last week and check in on one of our favorite games. Just kind of see how Iowa is doing and Brian Ferentz, uh with his contract stipulation of how many points per game, Ryan? 25. 25. 25 okay, so we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but looking around the Big Ten last week, it was uh, a few blowouts. Uh, or No, sorry, just one blowout. Uh, Michigan over Michigan State, 49 to nothing. No fighting this year. Uh, no, no beat down in a tunnel. And then the nope. you know the the com- Nazis. Yeah. yeah oh my gosh for those that don't know uh, during this Michigan State game which was at, it was at Michigan State Michigan versus Michigan State on the video board they had a random you know trivia game that they'll throw up at at all sporting events which is fine um, but one of the questions apparently was what country was Hitler born in and then like either. After the question, or during the question, there was just a giant picture of Hitler on the video board, it covering maybe like a quarter of it, or uh, maybe less. But like, you don't put up, I, I, I can't believe I have to say this, you don't put up a giant picture of Hitler at your sporting event. Yeah. Uh, not a great weekend to be uh, staffers of a Michigan oh football team. I wonder if Michigan stole that side. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so the 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 person at Michigan State, whoever is in charge of this and and okayed it, uh, has been placed on leave with pay. Uh, but I've not seen anything since then. If this person mm-hmm. has been fired, I would imagine this is more of a laziness than a malicious thing because it's probably like and and apparently all of the questions they used were just stolen straight off somebody's YouTube page. Um, so so they just like clicked play on this person's YouTube page and put it on their video board for the questions 
And I would imagine whoever was in charge at Michigan State was just like, eh, these are que- these questions are fine. I'm just going to... Didn't probably watch it at all. Was probably horrified when they saw Hitler on their screen and was like, I'm... It's too late now. You know, I can't... I can't do anything. Let's just hope I can, you know, push it off as a history question. But my goodness. Er, yeah, let's do that. Like, it, I just... As soon as I saw it on, on Saturday... It reminded me of of the show Veep when Selena Meyer just is so angry and she says, the level of incompetence in this office is staggering. Staggering. Like, just, oh boy. Uh, just awful. Just awful. Yeah, and so was the football team on Saturday. Yes, yes. Uh, 49 to nothing to Michigan. But as you said, Michigan in their own version of hot water. Ryan, can you update folks on what is going on uh, in Ann Arbor? As, you know, Purdue heads there in a couple weeks. Uh, let's see if Michigan has, has had a hammer brought down on them before then. Yeah, well, so Michigan, outside of Tom Brady, now has another connection to the Patriots in which <laughs> they decided to have a staffer go to other schools and steal some signs is what they're calling it. It's really advanced analytics and metrics. Advanced, so basically that's the guy okay. Goes and records. He records the game, but you're not allowed to because not every program can afford it. So it's unfair advantage. And this guy bought uh, tickets to other games with his own name and... Um, it's the paper trails leading right back to him. He's gone and he's gone to conference games, non-conference games. And it's just another Jim Harbaugh led Michigan scandal. So he, he's going to go to the NFL. It's going to happen. Yeah. He's he, going to quit one day. Well, it's what is going to happen is the, in my, my guess is this investigation is going to go on because it's the NCAA. It'll go on for like two years. Uh, Harbaugh will leave after this year. Michigan's going to win the national title, and he's going to leave. He's going to either retire or go to the NFL with the you know any number of coaching jobs that will be open, as they always are in the NFL. So he's going to win the, the national title. Yeah, the Bears. He's going to win the national title, go to the NFL, and then Michigan will have sanctions dropped on them. Uh, from the NCAA, so we'll we will see, but that is my prediction on how this all plays out. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly it, it provides us the media with a lot of uh, juicy grabs, so it keeps our uh, paychecks flowing. Yeah, I really hope you know the for their next game when they go on the road. I just hope that um, whoever is in charge of the music plays the sign just over and over again as like during Michigan warmups as there's timeouts, you know, just things like that. Um, that because, uh, I, I mean, every breath take, yeah, please. I'll be watching you. That's right. Um, just unbelievable. Like they're so good anyway. Why cheat? Hmm. Like they've because, got so much talent. Yeah. It's just, you need that extra little oomph to I get guess. you through the first round of the playoff, apparently. I guess. I guess. Yeah, and apparently they, they must have gone to a Tennessee game as well, this guy, 
um, thinking that they were going to play them in the playoff because that has been coming out. So it, it is just all around a a bad time in the state of Michigan right now. Um, moving on to the rest of the conference, Nebraska, Purdue's opponent for this week, found a way to take down Northwestern uh, in an ugly game, 17-9. Wisconsin uh, beat Iowa 25-21. Rutgers took down the, the fighting Hoosiers 31-14. And, you know, the the big game of the week, Ohio State at home against Penn State, Found a way to win twenty to twelve, so they remain undefeated. So Michigan and Ohio State still heading toward that collision course, uh, undefeated matchup at the end of the season. That should be a really great game, isn't it? Always, it's always the that game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's seven. the game for a reason, I guess. The big game, whatever yeah. you know, whatever they want to call it. Um, I guess the big game is the super, just the game. Um, and then in. You know, the as as the Sickos committee would probably peg it, the, the Sickos committee, Big Ten game of the week, Minnesota 12, Iowa 10. Uh, oh. This game had everything from terrible offense to punting to Minnesota winning by kicking four field goals and having no touchdowns to Iowa getting a punt return touchdown called back after their punt returner, depending on who you ask, either waved players away from the ball or did a fake fair catch signal to try to prevent being tackled. Um, but he ran it back for a touchdown and then was called back. So uh, Iowa fans pretty upset about that. But hey, when you can only muster 10 points, you don't have much of a leg to stand on. How does Purdue always lose to Iowa like this? I don't They know. can't score more than 12 points a game, and Purdue just happens to lay an egg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Iowa, like I said, only able to muster 10 against Minnesota. Ryan, do you have their grand total for the season? Uh, points scored, and then can you tell us how many that averages out per game? Yeah, it's not great. Um, <laughs> so they've played eight games. I have to preface that because some people have played seven, some eight. They've played all eight. Okay. 156 points. Okay. Games. Now that is that is you know just doing some quick math. That's less than twenty a game because one hundred and sixty would be twenty a game. Yep, you are a scholar, sir. That is nineteen and a half points a Whew. game. And as we said, Brian Ferentz needs twenty five points a game uh, in order to you know basically earn all of the contract he originally signed before these. Uh, changes were put in place so it is not looking good yeah and there's also the caveat that 16 of those points have come via special teams and defense so if you factor that in they've their offense has only put up 17 and a half a game right but if and we looked at the contracts previously and it does include total points so it doesn't matter where they come from. from yeah which is a weird way to do this like if He's the offensive coordinator. Points scored by the defense or on punt returns or kick returns clearly should not count in his favor. It's his dad's good or goodwill towards him, I, I guess. guess. I mean, I don't whoever it's, negotiated this did a pretty good job on his behalf because there's no yeah. way those should count. Exactly. So um in conference play they've scored seventy one in five games. Man. <sighs> so there's that that's 14 that's, i would say that's 14 yeah not great so, so yeah um 
you know, Iowa continuing to be an offensive juggernaut. And I will say, um, looking at the standings in the Big Ten, um, you know, Big Ten West is an absolute mess, as it always is. But I wanted to point out something that our good friend Travis Miller pointed uh, out on Facebook and the Sickos committee ran with because Travis has what we would call a, a you know, you know the mu- movie A Beautiful Mind? Yeah. Russell Crowe, John Nash, and, you know, he just sees things in front of him. So he came up with a scenario where the Big Ten West could end in a seven-way tie where every every uh, team in the Big Ten West ends up the season with a 4-5 and five record and a Big Ten West record of 3-3. Three and three. Mm. And, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think it's going to happen. It looks very implausible. Um, for instance, Iowa would have to lose to Rutgers, Illinois, and Nebraska. Um, you know, it, it would be very tough for this to happen. It's not completely out of the question, which is wild, but uh, there is a way for the Big Ten West to end in a seven-way tie. And for that to happen, Purdue would need to beat Nebraska, Minnesota, and IU and lose to Nebraska and Northwestern. Okay. So, okay. I mean, it, it in theory, it could happen. Uh, but I just don't see it. Now, there is there was one other thing I wanted to point out about the Big Ten standings, and that is that IU uh, sits at 0-4 in conference. Overall, they are at 2-5. and And for those who are longtime listeners of the podcast, you might remember that I placed a, a bet on IU as soon as the season win totals came out, and I bet the under for IU on 3.5 wins. So Ooh. right now I'm looking pretty good. Uh, they're they're only at two right now, and so they got to win two games of their last five. And I oh. just it it's gonna be tough for IU to do that. Um, I won't win a ton because it was a very small bet, uh, but you know I would I would like to make money off IU's suffering. Yeah, and for everyone who's invested now, because this is a riveting story to follow, they play at Penn State. Home against Wisconsin, at Illinois, home against Michigan State, and then at Ross Aid Stadium against Purdue in the final week. Right, right, and I think obviously Penn State is going to crush them. Yeah, I would assume Wisconsin is going to crush them as well because Wisconsin has really found themselves uh, a little bit in these last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Illinois, I would say they could, IU could win. Uh, because Illinois is not great. That one is in Champaign, though, so uh, yeah. that one is is a little more difficult just because it's on the road. Michigan State, who knows what they are doing. That one is in Bloomington, so I think IU has a chance in that one. But then finally they, they play in West Lafayette. So at most, I say they there are three games where they have a chance, but realistically, I think there's only two. And so they would have to win both of them uh, to get the over there. There you go. So let's let's hope you can get some money with some gambling. Yeah, and and just some IU tears in general. You know, I'm always for that. <laughs> um. So all right, before we go to break, there is some basketball news. Um, Purdue does play this weekend in an exhibition game, um, against Arkansas. It is a charity exhibition game, as we talked about previously for the United Way. There is a way to watch this basketball game. Ryan, do you just offhand do you know what that what it is? 
Uh, no, because it's outside of the streaming network I am using. <laughs> it is SEC Plus. Oh. Yeah. So I don't even, I, I didn't know what that was. I, I had no idea what SEC Plus was. Um, I'd looked this up in the past when this was first announced, and I looked it up again today to give everybody the best information. Now, basically, if you have ESPN Plus, you have SEC Network Plus. Okay. So I, I have ESPN Plus. So apparently mm-hmm. I will be able to watch this game on the ESPN app. Um, you don't need a separate app. It is apparently part of the e- Watch ESPN app. They will just be in there, but we know that the ESPN app is notoriously bad uh, for yeah, streaming. That's yeah. So the and the other problem is, you know, this game is at 3 p.m. Hmm. And Ryan, you just wrote the how to watch for Purdue versus Nebraska. Uh, what time is that Purdue versus Nebraska game? 3:30 Eastern. That's right. So they're going to be going on at the exact same time. Now, I think most people would choose to watch the football game because the football game counts. You know, it is a real football game with with the results counting in the in the standings, whereas the game against Arkansas is just, you know, a, a charity game, doesn't really mean anything at the end of the day. But of course, Arkansas is is a good basketball team. Went to the Sweet 16 last year, came into this season uh, ranked 14th in the in the preseason top 25. So it'll be a good test for Purdue, but ultimately it doesn't much matter uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, I think it comes to the point where, hey, you can see how we square up or what kind of rotations Matt Painter would want to use. Um, that's about all I can see getting out of the benefit besides the obvious charitable ones but um it's a win-win for all teams involved playing high level of competition before the season where a loss doesn't count is great for your team so yeah um viewers will have to choose i'll actually be in south bend and i'll be at a notre dame football game as blasphemous as that may sound um i have to see marissa in one uh, of her games for a band. So hey, hey, listen, listen. I, I'm not going. I'm not going to fault you for ever attending something uh, of of a girlfriend, a significant other. Um, you always got to be there for support. It is just unfortunate timing, but there's nothing you can do about that. Especially because you know it is it is something that happens only on Saturdays. Um, right. You know, so you're you're kind of stuck there. Yeah. My only other option was the Notre Dame-Ohio State game because that was the week Purdue played Wisconsin. But those tickets were a little bit, uh, shall we say, outrageous. Yeah, I would think so. I would I would think so. So I don't even know who Notre, Notre Dame plays this weekend. Did you say that already and it just went right by me? They play Pitt. Okay, Pitt. It's, it's going to be ugly. Um, okay, and, and one correction to what I said earlier. The, the time is 3 p.m. Central Time, so it is actually ah. 4 p.m. Eastern for that Arkansas game. So it'll start a half an hour after uh, the Purdue football game starts. So okay. uh, either way, they're both going to be on at the same time. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. So now that we've got that out of the way, we're going to go ahead, take a break, come back, talk about Purdue traveling to Lincoln, Nebraska. Horn. And we are back. So... 
Purdue heading into Lincoln, Nebraska to take on the Cornhuskers. Now, obviously, um, last year Nebraska fired everyone's favorite head coach, Scott Frost. They replaced him with, is it Matt Rule? Matt Rule, yeah. Matt Rule. From uh, formerly of the NFL, he was with the Carolina Panthers, um, but of course he has had great success in college. Um, now he's he's returned to the college ranks and will has led a Nebraska team to a much better season than they've had the last couple years. Um, yep. But you know, again, low bar uh, for Nebraska. There, they've not exactly been uh, crushing it. But what what can you tell us right now um, about Nebraska, Ryan? I know they sit at uh, four and three on the year. They are two and one. I'm sorry, two and two in conference play. Um, they've beat kind of the dredges of the Big Ten uh, in Illinois and Northwestern, and they've lost to Michigan and Minnesota. Yeah. So I mean, they look better than previous years. That kind of comes with the territory. They play more. Um, they play with more energy than previous years, and a new coach will do that when your head coach previously was awful. Yes. Um, yeah. So, but the problem right now they're facing is they have loads of injuries to deal with. Right. So, in this game, they will be without three of their starting five offensive linemen two of which are lost for the season. They're also going to be without two of their top receivers and two of their top three running backs. Incredible. Now, Incredible. That's a lot. I don't lot. want to paint too uh, positive a picture for us Purdue fans, but their offense is going to have to rely very heavily on some uh, new, new blood. So um, their quarterback, now uh, it's Heinrich, Harburg, so very, very German. Very German. Germanic, yeah. yeah. He is their leading passer. He did not start the season. That was Jeff Sims, a transfer from Georgia Tech. So Jeff Sims came in and proceeded to turn the ball over seven times in the first three games and got injured with a high ankle sprain. He has not been the starter since, and I don't think he will be for the rest of the season. I would think not, yeah. So in comes Heinrich Harburg, and he has thrown 58 of 113, so about 50% of his passes for a little over 700 yards, five touchdowns, four interceptions. Not setting the world on fire. No, not good. None of, none of those numbers are good. But here's where he becomes a problem. A little bit, yeah, a little bit of a problem, especially for Purdue, who's had an issue with this kind of thing. He leads the entire Nebraska team in rush yards uh, with 424. Youch. And he's only played in, well, he's only started six or four of their games. So yeah, that. yeah. I mean, he just looking at his numbers versus Louisiana Tech, he ran for 157 yards. Yeah. So for those who are still trying to get Garrett Schrader out of their head, <laughs> they may be replaced with Heinrich Harburg. I mean, at least so. it's a fun name to say. Yeah. Now that being said, losing three offensive linemen doesn't help. Losing two wide receivers. 
that you can just stack the box and have a uh, spy on him really helps if you're Purdue. So I think that's going to be the obvious game plan is to stack the box and just make Harburg um, uncomfortable in the pocket so he can't scramble. And if he has no one to throw to, he has no one to throw to. So Right, um, yeah. It's uh, um, the other. It, it really does. I mean, for this Purdue defense, we've seen them struggle in basically every aspect at one time or another. Um, at the mm-hmm. beginning, at the beginning of the year, when we faced teams that had more of an ability to pass, you know, we saw Purdue just get torched in their secondary with receivers finding their way behind Purdue's defense. Uh, for easy right. touchdowns. And then when we saw teams that had the ability to run on Purdue, uh, especially at the quarterback position, we saw Purdue just get shredded you know, from their defensive line and their secondary and their linebackers just not able to contain, even when we put a spy on the quarterback. So there are problems all over this Purdue defense. And having a quarterback who doesn't really scare me with his arm but can destroy you with his legs... I, I don't know if that's better or worse for Purdue than an abil- than a quarterback who can throw the ball. I honestly don't know which is worse at this point. See, I'm going to relate this Nebraska team to Illinois, where Purdue seemed to have their best defensive game of the season against Illinois, and I'm not saying that Harburg is very similar to Luke Altmeyer, but it's more so one-dimensional, and if you can shut down that yeah. dimension that hurts you, it's kind of it makes it an easier day on the defense. Right. So I think the problem with the Garrett Schrader game against Syracuse was Schrader can beat you with his arm, and if you go after that, then he can then obviously come back and beat you with his leg. He certainly it's, can. He's yeah. So if. I think Harburg is more one-dimensional than um, others have been, and I think that makes it easier for a defensive game plan. Yeah. And let's be honest, you've had two weeks to prep for this game. Like, that's not an under or not uh, to be understated. You should have a very solid game plan for this Nebraska team. Yeah, I mean, you would think so, especially... If you had a chance to look at some of the quotes from Ryan Walters' press conference um, or watch it, he indicated just how much he hates Nebraska. Um, you know, he, he grew up, um, his I believe his dad played for Colorado, um, and then he played for Colorado as well. Of course, they used to be in the Big 12 with Nebraska, so they used to be rivals. And so he just talked about how he hated Nebraska and seeing that in on that helmet always made him angry and blah, blah, blah. So I, I hope he's taking this a little personal and yep. he, he has this squad really prepared because that would, that would be great. I mean, we have seen improvement in this team, but it's, you know, the record doesn't really reflect it as we would like as, as Purdue sits at two and five. Yeah. Now I will say we talked about how bad the uh, Iowa offense can be. Nebraska is scoring less points a game on offense than uh, Iowa. They are only scoring 18.7 on or uh, points a game. So, and part of that is just been turnovers. They are not looking sharp 
uh, with the ball. They have lost seven fumbles, and they have nine interceptions. Wow. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah, their turnover differential is minus eight. Okay. I will take that. Take that. Sloppy with the ball. And, I mean, you you know, as I said at the beginning of this segment, they are sitting at four and three, which you're like, okay, that's that's not too bad. But you look at their schedule, and they haven't beaten anyone of substance. I mean, they beat Northern Illinois – they beat Louisiana Tech, and they beat Illinois and Northwestern. Um, none mm-hmm. of those teams are world beaters. They played two ranked teams, uh, Colorado, who they got absolutely demolished by, and then Michigan, who they also got absolutely demolished by. Um, combined, they got outscored, uh, looks like, 81-21 to 21, uh, in those two games. So w- was not exactly close, but... You know they they've won more games than Purdue, so we got to respect them there. We are traveling to their stadium, so it should be um, you know a, a tough environment to play in. But um, Purdue is also getting a little healthier. Uh, Purdue will at least have their kicker back, uh, Ben Freehill. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully that will allow you know if Purdue does need a field goal, we'll be able to actually make one um, against Nebraska. That could be nice, and uh, we just. We really hope that the strength of the Purdue defense, which I, I think most people would say is the defensive line, going against a battered Nebraska offensive line allows them to contain the quarterback and force him to throw the ball and you know shut him down from running maybe. Um, and I, as you said, I would much rather have him pass the ball than run it. So uh, maybe they can contain him given the weakness on the offensive line position. Yeah, and thing I'd like to mention about their passing game is they do not utilize running backs in their passing game almost at all. So through seven games, their running backs have 11 receptions for 66 yards. That is wild. Right. So even like, you know, a dump screen has not been what Nebraska's offense has been about this year. So I'm not sure what you're going to do when, you know, 400 of your overall 900 passing yards is on the bench with injury and you can't throw to your running backs and what else are you going to do? So it should, it should be very simple for Purdue to, as to what they need to do. They need to stack the box and for the love of everything that is holy, do not bite hard on these read options. Yeah. You do that, and this becomes a very uh, overmatched team, I believe. I, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Um, you know, I, I've I've been vocal about the fact that Nebraska fans very much annoy me. Um, maybe it's just <laughs> the ones that are on Twitter, but the way they think of themselves and the way they come at everybody uh, has really gotten on my nerves ever since the COVID season. And mm-hmm. I, I so I really want to win this game. I just I just can't stand them. Um, <laughs> they drive me crazy. So uh, maybe my am, animus is showing here, but I really I really hope Purdue can find a way to win this one. And I I do think the injuries to Nebraska will be huge. Um, as you pointed out, you're, they're losing 400 of their 900 or so uh, passing yards. The uh, those guys will be on the bench with injuries. And their running backs have not done much, if anything, out of the backfield. Or, I'm sorry, as as receivers. So, per- Purdue will be facing a team that they should have a good game plan for. And this, 
I think will be a really good showcase of what kind of defensive mind and what kind of game planner Ryan Walters is because, as you said, he's had two weeks for this. Yeah. And it is not as if Nebraska, you know, pulled a whole new offensive scheme out of their hat for this last week or that they've got some secret weapon that they're going to deploy against us. We know who Nebraska is going to be. And I would hope that even if Purdue does not have, you know, the dogs that they want to have, that you can scheme to slow down um, their quarterback and put Purdue in a good place to win this ball game. And mm-hmm. and I like I said, I think we're going to learn a lot about the coaching staff after this one. Yeah. So there's one thing that I put in my how to watch that needs to be um, addressed, and it's the weather. This is going to be an interesting weather game. So on Saturday, find it, it is supposed to be 39 degrees is the high. Oh, my. With a 50% chance of snow. 50% chance of snow? Snow. Oh, I thought you were going to say rain. Nope. It's a snow day. Oh, my goodness. I don't remember the last time Purdue played in snow. Mm. Oh my! That, yeah, that that could uh, that could really throw a wrench in everything. Mm. So it could be just a hard nose, don't want to get hit type day. I don't know who that. I don't know who that would help or hurt the most. I mean, I I have no idea how that would play out. I would not want to be a receiver in those kind of days. Yeah, that, the ball hits your hands, though your cold hands. I bet that would hurt. Yeah, absolutely. So if it's really snowy, I think that actually kind of hurts Purdue more so just because it starts to take the air out of the ball. But if you're Nebraska and your only shot is to pass the ball, it could hurt your uh, your one shot there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, all right. Um, do, we have a, do we have a punting game or are we going right to predictions? I, you know, I didn't want to beat this dead horse this time. We make fun of Nebraska a lot. Um, the one dead horse I will beat is Indiana when that week comes. Okay. But All right. Fair enough. Week. Fair enough. All right. So I will let you go first uh, to see what we think. Ryan, who you taking and what's the score? It, it, I think it's going to be ugly, like truly ugly. So I've got Purdue – at 17 to 13. Ooh, that does sound ugly. <laughs> yeah. Is that score are you taking that score thinking that it will snow and it's going to make it even uglier? Are you factoring that into your prediction? Yes. So, and this would definitely hit the under, which is 38 and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I I do think that under makes a lot of sense, especially if the weather does hit. I am also taking Purdue Mostly because of the injuries to Nebraska. I I think if Nebraska was healthy, given that this game is on the road, I think I would have taken Nebraska. But with the way their injuries have have hit them, losing, you know, number of wide receivers, running backs, and three people on the offensive line, that is just so much to lose. And, of course, Purdue's had injuries on the offensive line as well. Um, So let's not sugarcoat that. But I I just think the one-dimensional aspect of this Nebraska team should be evident and i i just i have to believe that purdue can find a way to exploit that so i am actually going to go a little bit higher scoring than you but not by much i'm going 21 to 14 
Okay, gotcha. So I also have to ask, this was not a strong suit of Jeff Brom coming off the bye week. Oh, God, no. The first one under Walters. Do you think uh, he'll be judged on kind of this week? I don't think so. I think only in the sense, as I said earlier, I really want to see what he can do with two weeks of planning um, against the team that he has tape on. You know, you can point to, to, to week one and say, well, why didn't he have a better game plan for that? But that's different because it's a whole new team, a whole new you know season, and you don't really know what wrinkles a team has put in. Whereas I think yeah. he's probably got enough of Nebraska on film that he can work something out defensively. And I just, I, I hope, and I believe this to be true, that Ryan Walters is a good football coach, but he just, he... He doesn't have the players that he wants and that he needs right now. And the recruiting class coming in, obviously, you know, it's going to be hard for them to contribute right away because they're all going to be freshmen. They're all young and experienced. But you can see just based on the rankings of those guys coming in that he is working to build something. And no one wants it to take time, but it will. Um, So I hope that people understand uh, that there will need be a little bit more patience is needed. But I, I, I do think looking at what he does this week will matter, but not to the extent of, like, this will be how he is judged after this year. I think if it develops into a pattern like it did under Brom, it can come under scrutiny. But other than that, I think he'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, the Jeff Brom special, of course, was taking down a ranked team and then losing on an emotional hangover the next week. Yeah. So, so... You know, and he, I mean, he did that this year against Louisville. Or, I mean, yep. at, at Louisville, you know, beating Notre Dame and then losing, what was it, to Pitt? Yep. So uh, it, that just follows him everywhere he goes. So um, I, I am anxious to see what this this squad can do against Nebraska. But um, I may have to, you know, be watching the football game on the TV and have the basketball game on the iPad. So um, mm-hmm. try to split the attention there. But it's, it's going to be tough. It, it's... It's fun to have both sports back. You know, it is just a, a charity exhibition, but I'm excited to watch that as well. So, um, Ryan, I know you, as you said, you're going to be at Notre Dame for this one, uh, but hopefully mm-hmm. you'll you'll have time to catch up. So when we chat on uh, Sunday, we'll be able to see what happens, and hopefully Purdue is on their way uh, getting back into the positive territory and maybe trying to find a way to sneak into a bowl game. Yep, and it's not on Peacock. So That's right. Those not on Peacock. This one is on FS1. Mm -hmm. So there you go, folks. For Ryan and myself, boiler up. Hammer down.